0: You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Thanks for joining us again. We are recording in a time where... Uh, We are in pretty extreme uncertainty when it relates to the markets and investing. I'm joined this week by uh, Steve Jolly, who is also a financial advisor at our office and an accredited investment fiduciary. And together we are talking about what's going on right now with markets, with coronavirus, oil prices. Um, like the last couple episodes, he and I have had a chat in. Uh, we're kind of talking about maybe it really investing principles as now markets are down more than 30% from their peak. Um, and we are in the midst of a pretty big panic, as particularly as people shelter in place uh, because of the coronavirus and pretty extreme uncertainty as to how that affects us economically. And investors are selling off. Uh, here in a very big way because of those concerns. So, uh, hang tight and listen in here on a conversation with Steve Jolly and I on kind of markets this week and how things are playing out in light of the coronavirus and oil prices. Okay, so so let's dig in. Um, this has been a wild week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks even now. I think it's been a month really since we've been at the top and. Uh, markets have been swinging, is putting it maybe too mildly, would you say, Steve?
1: Oh, I think putting it way too mild. Um, again, your reference to the dates and times, it's, you know, Monday. Again, I can't even remember which Monday was Monday, but that Monday that was the biggest down day. Might have been Yeah. Well,
0: we um, had a huge one yesterday. We're, we're recording this on Thursday, March 19th, and Wednesday the 18th was awful.
1: And so that it's you know it's just been day after day, um, of what seems almost like a free fall. And when you and I talked a little bit yesterday, I wanted to remind myself of a story that I heard at one of our, you know, club meetings uh, one year. They had an astronaut who, at the time, I think, spent the most time up in the space station of any uh, U.S. astronaut. And he was telling a story about when he went out for a spacewalk. Yeah. And I had to fix something like a solar panel. And it was uh, probably a little more life and death than even the coronavirus, because if he didn't get the panel fixed, he would have ran out of oxygen or something. Right. You like had yeah, so, one chance to do it, right. One chance to do it. And so he told the story about walking in space. And he goes, Imagine jumping out of an airplane and free falling like at 35,000 miles per hour. And it's hard to get your, your, your hand, your head around that, you know, just, you know, you can imagine if you've ever jumped off a high dive even, um, what it feels like to fall. Yep. And he just, it almost reminded me a little bit of this market where we just almost feels like we're in this indefinite free fall, you know, thousand points a day with no bottom in sight. It's almost like if you're blindfolded skydiving out of an airplane, well, that's the ground.
0: Yeah, well, and that that leads to a question, which is, I think, maybe what has prompted this kind of bonus podcast that we're having here. It's it is, and you may have even gotten this question from clients. Um, what what if, um, what what if we close the markets? Things are so bad. Can we just shut it down for a little while? And it's happened before. It's not without precedent. You know, after nine uh, eleven, the market was closed for four days. So, what do you think? Why don't we close it?
1: Well, there's a couple of different schools of thought, you know, one is close it. And then let's see if uh, the, the, the plans, the programs that are announced that are put in place, the the need to sell or perhaps selling begat selling. Right. Um, so if you close it, then selling can't begat closing. You're not going to get freaked out because it goes down a thousand or 2000 points every other day. Yeah. But at the, the other side of it is the market serves an important function by being open every day and that's called price discovery and it is the instantaneously knowing what your investment is worth and so i tend to be of the school of thought that as much as it hurts to see every day you know the carnage um and I got you know not I want to be careful of the verbiage that we're using, but yeah, right. It, in our industry, I mean, uh, we're close to this, of course. Yeah, um, this thought, is a
0: crash. Uh, I mean, we can reasonably yeah. call this a crash.
1: Yeah, that was, it's it's just been carnage, and so yeah. as as rough as that is, as difficult that is to see every day, I think it is important to know. Um, you know, as bad as it is, I'd rather know. Going back to that, to the you know the 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 Blind uh, parachutist or the astronaut whose eyes might be closed falling 35,000 miles an hour. Yeah. I'd rather be able to see than not see. Right. So my thought is keep it open, keep it functioning. Today, by the way, it's being operated without any humans on the New York Stock Exchange.
0: Yep. Nobody's on the floor today.
1: Nobody's on the floor. Um, I think they had a couple of cases and just decided they um, have a backup plan. Uh, and they're they're using it. So these are unique times. I think this may be the only time that this has happened. Yeah.
0: Probably and won't and the last. speaking to when markets are closing, we, do, we have hit the circuit breakers a couple of times here. Mm-hmm. Um, to what effect, I'm not really sure. It slows things down, but it certainly, you, you're not going to stop stock market losses just by stopping trading. Right. Correct. You know, that's not, you're, you're not, you're just simply delaying the inevitable. And in fact, if you're eliminating transparency, you're probably adding to anxiety because like you said, you can't see the ground. So you don't know where on earth you are. And that's, that's more of a problem. So, you know, we get the always, reaction, but I, it's probably the wrong reaction.
1: And, you know, one of the things we always, or I know I certainly always tell my clients and, you know, I think it's, it's obviously true is one of the things the market hates the most is uncertainty. Um, you know, they can, it's like the election, which I thought was going to be what caused all of our volatility. Little did we know. Yeah. Um, it's once the election is over, it's the anticipation of what possible outcome might come depending on which party takes control or which candidate wins. Absolutely. And it's usually like the, the Wednesday after the election in November, the market can deal with the result. It's the unknown. And so yeah, I think you know, that's a, the market that just causes more unknown.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a great point. I would say it's the unknown, in fact, right now, that's making things so hard. We have no baseline on how many sick people we have in the US. So investors are forced, even almost to trade as though we have the worst case scenario, which is we are we are gonna be falling indefinitely, and every the America is closed for business for the remainder of the year. Even bad news at this point would be better than no news. Okay, let's just pretend. Let's just pretend half the people in the US are sick. Fine. That's our baseline. Now we can figure out, now we can measure are things getting worse? If they're getting worse, are they getting worse more slowly? Because that can be helpful. Or are they getting better even? You know, having being able to measure where we are in terms of the ultimate outcome is a huge thing. And so, whether it's uncertainty in price discovery in markets or uncertainty with how many sick people we have transparency is the thing that's going to get us through and closing the markets isn't going to get us closer to transparency.
1: I agree a hundred percent. Um, and at some point, as hard as it is to imagine, um, this too shall pass. Uh, it is a flu virus. There is a flu season and I know, you know, uh, ultimate cures seem like there are ways off, although we've gotten some news today that they might be happening sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. kudos to the, um, ingenuity to, of our scientists, um, all around the world, um, USA, not, not, not the only one. Yeah. So let's hope that, uh, we do continue to get uh, good news, but at least get a handle on what it is we're dealing with. And, you know, the markets tend to price things out in the future. And, and I think the market will probably, um, know that, um, a lot sooner than the collective I will
0: right right and and you know the it, we also kind of if you think about market pricing it's, it it doesn't tend to move to average right we swing as a pendulum so if we were high in january or february we've come back below average here at the end and so you could see that there's some some possibility for kind of a bounce back a win. I don't know, of course we don't have yeah. a crystal ball, but um, it's, it's never as, as bad as it seems. And sometimes it's never as good as it seems either. But in this case, we're dealing with the bad and it probably isn't as bad as some, gosh, Steve, you watch the news enough oh. or too much. Yeah. It is like the world's going to end tune in at five to see how, and I, I don't, I'm not a media basher, but you can see where they are gleefully covering the catastrophe. Uh, you know, even, even, news channels that don't cover the stock market have the ticker running in the side whenever there's a government, whenever there's the, the daily briefing on the virus or whatever it is, and it just pours gas on the
1: fire in terms of panic. Maybe they do that you know, because like we just talked about, you can't see this enemy, this invisible enemy that we're fighting this war, right. and you can see stock prices. It's so the transparency. Like Everybody's looking for the transparency, really. Yeah. There's, there's something we can quantify. We can can measure this. Yeah. The other thing too, that, that is going on. And I think this is important, especially for our clients. Um, there's a lot of selling going on that could be forced selling. So a lot of these hedge funds, um, uh, big pools of money, risk takers, they use margin, margin, not margin. margin. That's uh, what I, I use. That. <laughs> like I, I have that toilet paper uh, on my mind. Right, something. right. It they is use margin, supplies. which is borrowing against your securities to buy more securities. And then margin on steroids might be like hedge funds that might, you know, lever that up, you know, two, three, 10, 30 times. Right. And when prices go down, you either have to come up with more cash as collateral, or you have to sell your securities down to the appropriate amount yep. um, that you're allowed to carry or, or wish to carry. And so we as individual investors aren't in that boat and aren't being forced to sell. And I always try to remind clients that we don't want to be selling next to somebody who is being forced to sell for whatever reason that Absolutely. Is.
0: Absolutely. That's, I mean, this is the time when you want to shelter in place with your investments, not just with your family.
1: <laughs> right. And I'll go back uh, to what I've said. I think every time since our, our first podcast, um, Noah didn't build the ark after it rained and we didn't build your portfolio after the virus. Right.
0: The yeah. preparations were, are, have to be done in advance. Well, yeah, and so I, I will tell you, you, I, you know, as an investor, as investors, You're worried about what's next, not where you are. Even when you talk about the economy before this even happened. Yeah, the economy was doing well, but who cares if it's doing well or poorly now? Is it gonna get better or is it gonna get worse? My question to you is, when do we get the op-ed from Buffett saying, I'm buying, I'm capitalizing on this? Because we had, there was Ackerman on CNBC yesterday talking about how hell is coming but in parentheses, but I'm buying <laughs> you Yeah,
1: <know>? he <laughs> so. hit himself a little bit there, but, um, you know, that caused the market to go down precipitously. Um, as he was speaking, you could just hear the fear in his voice as he was trembling. And, um, it almost sounded as if he was crying. Yep. He was truly scared. Um, and that caused the market to drop. And some are considering is, was that our Lehman moment, uh, in the yeah. great financial crisis? Uh, the The um, uh, uh, investment bank Lehman Brothers was went out of business, and right. that kind of marked the bottom of the crisis. And some are wondering if you know the Ackerman uh, interview might be the the moment this time around.
0: It, so, it was uh, a half hour of some guys raw emotion and panic yeah. on TV for ever for the investing world at least to see, which was bizarre that they would even allow that to go on. But you know, we will get more of. Eventually, here whether it's Buffett or some other famous investor writing an op-ed or tweeting now because it's 2020 and not 2008, um, that they're 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 buying. You know, just yep. just
1: oh and the, yeah. <laughs> like when so Buffett the bought the
0: railroads in 08, you know he knew US- he
1: knew you're
0: betting
1: you're on the U.S. Get, right? uh, um, the the op-ed from Buffett. Well, we'll get the op-ed from Buffett the day after he deploys his 150 billion dollars of cash. That yeah
0: yeah we won't be the first to know.
1: <laughs> no, correct. Right. So, um, it's, which brings up a good point at some point, money is on the sidelines, um, and it will come back into the market at some point. Yep. You know, another thought that I had too, as people watch the news and they hear all the hullabaloo, hullabaloo yep. around the federal reserve and lowering of interest rates and opening up what they call a, the discount window, the repo operations all these esoteric terms that even I think you and I have to pull out our financial dictionary every once in a while and wonder, you know, well, what is that one again? Yeah, And I think it's important there that um, what they're trying to do with all these programs that they're rolling out is to make sure that the markets are functioning mm-hmm. and that the system is not broken, Yep, that people who need access to liquidity and capital are able to get it. That banks are able to serve their job and right. be a lender to people, like Boeing, accessed a credit line. I think it was a week ago.
0: Well, we and they don't want they don't want a public health crisis to become a financial crisis. Correct. Right. And and, and, so and far, some some would argue that oh well we've had we're having a financial crisis. No, we're having a market crash. Correct. Or, you and know, it goes or back or to
1: pricing. Um, we're determ- trying to determine a price level with a lot of unknowns, but the markets are functioning now. We have a conference call, you know, coming up in about 45 minutes uh, with some kind representatives from PIMCO, who's one of the largest bond managers in the world. And so, uh, you know, the, the 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 reason for that call is for you and I and, and some of our cohorts to get a gauge and just make sure that, you know, we're comfortable with the fact that what they're doing is working and what types of signs perhaps should we look um, to see if it's not. Right. And. So, um, we're, we're still keeping an eye on this too. And so far the markets seem to be working even when they appear not to be because the price is falling in stocks. We're going to get, you know, bonds will probably give us the first indication of an all clear sign as much as you can get an all clear sign. Right. Um, bonds will probably tell the tale first. So that's what we're going to watch is the the bond market.
0: Yeah, it's um. These are some wild. These are some wild days, and I imagine um, even as things go up, that we will probably do some more of these kind of bonus. We'll call. I don't want to call them emergency podcasts. Bonus podcasts as we roll forward because things are pretty dynamic. Um, I would expect. You know, I always say volatility is down and up, so it wouldn't surprise me before the month is out that we have some huge rebound days. Doesn't mean we're back. But it means things are volatile, and the market's trying to find a bottom. So we'll do some more of these going
1: forward. That'll be so. part of the process too. Is a bottoming process is not they don't ring a bell and it goes straight up. It it's it will try to figure itself out just like it has on the way down. It will try to figure that out on the way up. Yeah. And out of um, an old saying, this is the time we pull off all the old sayings. Sure. Um, out of adversity comes opportunity. Yeah. So at some point you know, to use that phrase, green shoots, at some point out of the disaster, something good will will come of it eventually. Yeah.
0: One could argue we haven't had an opportunity like this since March, 2009.
1: Correct. You know, another thing that we bring up is the great financial crisis. And you and I were both in the business. And I think a lot of our clients are older, remember that. And it's interesting that not everybody does remember that. We have a assistant in our office, um, lovely young gal who when the news came out, I think it was Monday of this week, uh, there were some inclinations of sheltering in place and martial law. And um, it's frightening. My children are oh, absolutely. 26 and um, my younger son's actually just entering into our business, um, financial advising. And, you know, we've seen this before and a lot of them have it. So um,
0: what well, you see it, Steve, in, in the grocery stores, it's, you don't yeah. just see panic in the markets, you're seeing panic in the grocery stores. And I'll tell you, my wife was just doing a regular you know, household grocery shopping about a week ago now. And she was there and wasn't planning on loading up, but she looks to her left and looks to her right. And everybody's stacking their grocery carts as high as they could. So you know what she did? She did the same the same and so we're the proud owner of a couple bags of beans and rice and things like that now um, but the, <laughs> be right but the, over yeah right <laughs> but the but the panic was real and it spread quickly and and that's the kind of panic that's probably spreading in markets as well and so it you know and she doesn't she's not into finance uh, she doesn't do it for a living um, you know she makes sure that I help her with that kind of stuff but you know she came home and was like hey I'm I'm genuinely worried. And yeah. the thing that she was worried about wasn't that we didn't have enough toilet paper, but was like, if they close the grocery stores, are there going to be food? Do our kids going to be able to eat? That's, you know, yeah, know. the answer is yes. But that's the level of panic we've been facing here in the last couple of weeks. That 2008 right. level panic that some people are getting for the first time. But, or some people are getting for the second time, but in a different way, because we didn't have kids in 2008. You know, it was, I could live on saltine crackers for a month, you know, that'd be easy. Uh, So it is really it for people living it for the first time. It's really scary for people doing it a second time. We're all doing it a different way. Think of our clients, you know, people who did in 2008 may have still been working, but in 2020, they may be retired. And so their, their approach Um, or their feeling on this is different, but their approach to their investments should also have been different as well. You know, when you're still working, you're less conservative. When you're in retirement, you're more conservative. doesn't mean you're all bonds, right? But it means you are approaching things in a different way. And those are those kind of arc building kind of preparations that you're talking about as well.
1: Another thing too, about generations having not seen it, you know, we just talked about the younger generation. Um, I sometimes I have to remind myself how terrifying it must've been during the Cuban missile crisis. When I, don't right. know if I was even born or maybe I was one year old or, you know, heaven forbid, World War II. Um, right. I can't imagine, you know, Pearl Harbor, uh, uh, you know, the beaches of Normandy, D-Day, um, etc. So, you know, history is full of events, but boy, the one we're in always seems the worst and it seems like it's never going to end. But seems, yeah, it, it seems like agree. it's never
0: going to end is really yeah. like when you're in the throes of it. That's true. History might not
1: repeat, but it sure rhymes and um so we're having our our day
0: well the thing about bear markets is that they always end at some point yep
1: so and well, the news will be and the, and it'll end and the news might even still you know the death tolls the the number of uh cases um you know may even be going up when the market itself has already looked past that so
0: well, with, and with the recessions, you know, the measure is even backward looking, right? It's two quarters of negative GDP growth. So have we started a recession right now? Maybe. We'll find out after we get the first quarter of GDP. And then we get the second quarter. And by you're in the middle of the third quarter by the time you find out that the last two quarters were negative. And so, bang, you you could be out of a recession without knowing it. And you could be in a recession without knowing it. That's the difficulty of backward looking indicators like that. So, Yeah. Um, well, let's leave it there. Um, we'll do this again and make sure that we're posting regularly on our website at FordFG.com. We'll have blog posts on there, not just from us, but from LPL Research as well. Uh, we'll stay with the podcast and we'll work on even making these, I think, video maybe ultimately as well. So you can, these can be accessed on YouTube also. So, um, well, thanks, Steve. Stay healthy. Stay Thank safe, you. Thank stay you. home.
1: It's great, great working together separately.
0: It's, that's right, that's right. All right, I'll leave some time for some disclosures.
1: Separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.